Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yossi Schmidt Show. Today we have the great Jennifer Van Lahr. Can you please introduce yourself? Good morning. I guess, I don't know when this will air, but it's a morning in California when uh, we're recording this. I'm Jennifer Van Lahr. I'm managing editor at Red State. And I've been there since 2016, became uh, deputy managing editor in 2019, and then managing editor 2021. Uh, I do investigative journalism, mostly on government corruption type of things, but also national security. Before I became a journalist in 2014-ish, uh, I was a court reporter, a court stenographer in North Carolina for about 20 years, working both mostly in criminal courts, but also civil courts, depositions, and that kind of thing, which I think gave me an incredible background and training to do investigative journalism. I actually have seen your groundbreaking work. You um, broke the story about the, um, what's it called? Uh, that the lady that the doctor, the fake doctor in oh, yes, uh, California, um, how she used non-medical things to push the vaccine or. Yes. Oh. And that her daughter was actually one of the uh, co-authors of a study well, what was pushed as a study that seemingly uh, confirmed that the different masking and distancing uh, things that they were doing in LA County schools at the beginning of the pandemic, that that had some kind of measurable effect. Well, but now Ferrer's claiming it wasn't a study, it was more of a paper. And her daughter worked for LA County Board of Education and a patronage job she got for her and then co-authored this study with Barbara Ferrer's own uh, employees. So it was very, and no, no conflict of interest was disclosed and the daughter has a different last name. So unless you really knew who her daughter was, no one knew really how shady this study was. And then Rochelle Walensky actually cited that same study from the White House say in justifying that for CDC recommending mask requirements in all schools. Wow. So that is the point in journal of journalism, in my opinion, where you hold everyone accountable. You break stories that actually matter. That you point out that this study or the supposed study was used to push vaccines and on people, even though it wasn't medically based. Right, <laughs> and the and the masks, and which you know made it very difficult for children to learn. Because you can't see someone's mouth moving, you can't hear very well. Other kids that have things like ADD have a very hard time having that mask against their face for six hours at school. So, and then we already knew, like thinking people already knew that the mask mandate was stupid, that there was really not any health effect that was being gained by that. But then they use this non-scientific study to try to justify in the name of science that, that everyone needs to do these masks and social distancing and then vaccines. So that's great. This is why I keep on saying independent journalism is the only way forward. Because without independent journalism, investigative journalism, we are seeing mainstream media just go along with the narrative. As Dan Bongino says, they're not telling you the story. They're telling you a story. They're parroting whatever the government tells them to parrot. So I really appreciate what your groundbreaking work, your groundbreaking investigative journalism. 
if I may ask, what got you into um, news? Well, it's it's interesting because I, after I was a court reporter, I moved back home to California. I worked. To, I lived was living in North Carolina when I uh, was working in the court system, and I could not do my type of court stenography in California. It was a method that wasn't licensed. So government bureaucracy forced me to change careers. And so I started doing political consulting. I'd always been involved at the grassroots level, but did that. So then, and also did some writing on the side when IJ Review, Independent Journal Review had just started. I wrote with them and Ricochet and a couple of others. And then in 2016, uh, I was blackballed by the Republican Party because it got out that I had turned down uh, married assemblyman's advances toward me who straight up propositioned me to have sex when we were in DC for something. And I told friends at the time what happened and I, I shut it down and said, oh, you know, I don't like to mix business and pleasure and kind of finished my wine and left and went back to my room where my 12 year old child was staying with me in DC. And, or then 12 year old and uh, immediately told a friend and later that year, it got out that because I expressed my concerns to some other local pol political officials that this person could be bad for our party because he could go to Sacramento and, you know, try to proposition interns or and things like that. Well, that email that I sent to a congressman and a state assemblyman got leaked to the media right before the election in 2016. And then immediately I was the bad guy because they all wanted this guy to win. You know, they wanted their Republican to win uh, regardless of, you know, if it hurt other people. And so that resulted in me being blackballed and having no way to support my family. So I just started writing full time and, and leaned into that. So thank you, Republican Party. <laughs> this is what I mean. You have to hold everyone accountable. I don't care if you're on my party, you're not on my party. You do something disgusting like that, you need to be held accountable. Right. And this guy was a gold star father who stood behind his I'm a gold star father status to, to act like nobody could criticize him. Like you were being terrible because you criticized this gold star father. This guy on Memorial Day that year, we were told through other sources, after he gave a speech at the cemetery referencing his son and goes out to the VFW without his wife, who's probably home crying because their son had only been killed a couple of days, a couple of years before. Um, he goes out to the VFW and is hitting on other women. Like, <laughs> this... I don't know how you get more disrespectful than that. I hope this guy is not in politics. I don't know who he is. I don't he's, want to know who not. he is. He, he is not now. He won in 2016, that election, but by 2018, because the the city I live in is about a third of that district and I'm very well known in my city. Uh, he lost in 2018 when he ran for re-election, got, briefly got a job with the Trump administration in Texas and then now he's gone. So, <laughs> so thank you very much for holding him accountable even though I don't You're live welcome. in California. I, I yell all the time about holding everyone accountable. And I'm going to say this again, hold Democrats, Republicans, everyone accountable. Totally. You know? And the funny thing about that was the Democrats in the area were totally in my corner when I was trying to hold this person accountable. But then two years later, 
three years later, when I broke the story about Congresswoman Katie Hill having an affair with her staffer, her female staffer, and Katie Hill resigned, then those same Democrats hated me. <laughs> they were like, oh no, she's terrible. <laughs> like, no, no, we're holding all sides accountable here. Of course, reporting goes both ways. I'm sorry, yet that's all, all sides of the story. That's the way it works. I mean, I'm not not dirtbags in our politics, or we do. Like, you can't. You have to be intellectually consistent. I might not be an actual reporter just yet. Very soon, I will be. Hopefully, I do enough in the news. You know what I do in the news. Um, but reporting is holding everyone accountable. I'm sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. the Democrats like to say like to say we hold everyone accountable, but they don't. They only hold Republicans accountable or they even make up stories like fake news. Yes. And this is what you got to look, uh, look out for. If they're starting to hold one of their own accountable, you know there's something else behind that. That there's a reason that they're calling that person out. And it's not about whatever they're talking about on the face of it. There has to be something else going on where they're going, I have to get this person out of the way. What they do is they collect, and, and Democrat uh, Republicans do this too to an extent, they collect all this information for from on each other for decades. And as long as you're still like, say you're Nancy Pelosi and you have all these this uh, dirt on all of your people, as long as you're doing what Pelosi likes, you're safe. But you cross her and then she's got, she decides that she's, if you're still useful in some way, if you are, you're safe. If you're not, then they're going to find a way to just get all that information out and get rid of you. Yeah. That's why when they started to admit that the laptop was real, I put up, uh, I started asking questions. Yes. What's going on? There's something going on. I still haven't gotten to a conclusive answer, but I'm, I'm still looking for an answer. And now Elon Musk also just announced, I'd be remiss if I didn't say anything, even though I don't like to talk about the current thing. Elon Musk just announced a new Twitter CEO who's a member of the World Economic Forum. Yes. So I had a tweet that went viral that day, I think it was Friday, saying, okay, so now please announce how you're going to make sure that she doesn't implement any World Economic Forum measures. Okay. (laughs) there's no bad there's no hiding behind bushes or beating around the bush anything be straightforward you promise transparency be transparent totally and then that was i was really upset when i saw that on friday morning because it felt like it felt like he almost was not being transparent already that he had been telling us certain things as he was planning to hire this woman and i mean i've obviously you know i've for being in my position at work, I need to be on Twitter and I'm going to give it a, a try with this woman, but I'm, I'm pretty skeptical. I'm very skeptical. I have tweeted out that they're both invited on my podcast to clear the air. And yes, you can be sure that I will ask all the hard hitting questions and I'll do more research about her. And I hope that podcast happens. I hope so too. Because again, Independent journalism is the only way forward. I might not be a journalist, but that's who asks the real questions. But, you know, I think that it's, and there was a thing that Andrew Breitbart used to talk about when he was with us. And 
I came into all of this world right at the end of Andrew's life. I met him about three weeks before he died. And he talked about the importance of citizen journalism. And all of us have a phone now. All of us have, you have, we have so much information just at the tip of our fingers. And it doesn't take someone working in journalism always to bring all of that out because all of the citizen journalists can be looking into that stuff, like just like community notes on Twitter. And you have some great beginnings of journalists are actually better than most journalists at just asking questions, asking yourself questions. And that's something every citizen should do. When you're told something by the news, too many people just lap it up and on the left and the right. Um, and you need to be asking yourself, okay, why is it this person making this statement? Why is it this person who's fronting this? What's the timing? What What's their bias in this? What do they gain by having this narrative out there? What could this narrative be hiding? What am I not paying attention to while I'm paying attention to this? Those are just a few of the questions that I ask myself when I'm seeing something go big in the news. Yeah. Like James O'Keefe started now uh, O'Keefe Media Group because he's empowering citizen journalists. Right. And we need all that help. I mean, because there's so much, there is so much data like for FEC reports, for example, campaign finance reports. <laughs> there's no way that just the journalists in this world can go through what the, is in there. So, and like another thing Breitbart said, you know, you can pick one person and just kind of bird dog them. So I have a couple of Twitter followers who really don't want Ted Lieu to be their congressperson anymore. So they do a lot of research and send it to me because they know I can help them put the pieces together and then get a story out and use a platform for that. But what they do to help me get that out there is invaluable. That is great. Love to hear it. And I will continue fighting to make independent journalism a real thing. I will continue tweeting about independent journalism being the only way forward. And by independent journalism, I don't necessarily mean citizen journalists, even though citizen journalists is a key component of this. I mean, smaller uh, media outlets like Red State, Rebel News, that um, have nothing to lose by actually reporting the truth. Right, because we saw with Tucker Carlson that there's ways that, and we still don't know what things that he was maybe not allowed to have on his show by Fox, but judging by the videos that he's released so far, we know that there are things that, that he was not allowed to talk about. And I would think, I have good cause to believe that my stories about Dong Jingwei, who's a defector from China, who is the head of their um, MSS, which is like their CIA, that he was not allowed to have me on talking about that because it, the only reference ever, there was one reference by Gordon Chang uh, on a, on Tucker's show about it that was basically confirming my reporting, but that was it, <clears throat> you know, and it was the biggest story in conservative media that week. Yeah, because the media... The mainstream media decides what gets to be said, and that's it. No more. Mm -hmm. You have a dissenting opinion, we shut you down. It happened during COVID. It happened, it's happening now. Anything you don't we don't like, we shut down. It's this it's despicable. 
It yeah, because really it happens on the right too, and we need to be people. Just need to be able to have all of these different opinions so that they. I'm a believer that people, when given all of the information, can make a pretty good decision for themselves. We don't need to be condescending and not give them that opportunity. One hundred percent true. I, I I entirely agree with you. I don't have nothing to add. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Yossi Schmidt Show. Hopefully there will be an episode next week, but in two weeks there will be no episode thanks to the fact that I actually am going on vacation. Hold everyone accountable. Do your own citizen journalism. Hit up Jennifer or hit up anyone you possibly can and get, get your activism going because we're the only ones that can save this country. Thank you, Jennifer, for coming on. Thank you.